and welcome to Native Stories. Native Stories exists to share the voices of those connected to the land. Aloha mai kako, you're listening to Native Stories. Native Stories exists to share the voices of those connected to the land by creating a resource for pilina or connection to place. Native Stories aims to activate indigenous perspectives. Um, Ovao o nanea loko ino no papukulea wahumayo, noho ao ma waikine kona. I'm nanea lo and I come from Papukulea Wahu. Uh, now residing in Washington, D.C. So i like to start off this episode by doing a land recognition for the peoples of this place, the Anacostans, the Piscataway, and the Punky peoples, as I'm currently here studying abroad. Um, and mahalo nui to all of you for joining us on another episode of Native Stories. Today, we have the pleasure of interviewing Tremaine Nez, and I'm going to have Tremaine introduce himself. Hi, my name is Tremaine Nez. Um, I'm in this program with Nenea. That's where I first met her. And um, so I'm from Arizona, originally from the Navajo Reservation. I'm 25 years old. I'm Navajo. My clans are uh, Tachitni. So those are the four original clans that uh, represent from the clans that I get from my uh, mother, father, um, grandfather, and um, um, my paternal grandfather as well. Um, I'm also here um, in D.C. studying. And um, yeah, so I just come from a small community out there very small there's nothing really out there dirt roads um my grandma lives in a hogan out there it's like a traditional house that navajos live in um and my parents are currently there my dad's actually um he's a pastor out there so he pastors a small church um and uh yeah so it's just a very small community that's very tight-knit and um, there's actually a small community school out there um, in the middle of nowhere. Um, it's in the like uh, southwestern um, part of the reservation, but um, that school actually has a lot of history. Um, it started from my great-grandfather. His name was Little Singer, which is a Hatahliyeje in Navajo. And uh, that school, he started in uh, response to the whole boarding school era. So that school um, children can like get an education without being forced from their um, from their home. So you know, just a lot of culture and, and a lot of history back from where I come from, and I'm pretty proud of it. So, welcome to Native Stories and the program that he's referring to. Um, so I'm current. We're currently studying in Washington D.C at George Washington University for a program called the Native American Political Leadership Program. Um, there's a bunch of us, like 10 of us that are here from all over the place um, getting exposed to different political opportunities that are here. Um, so you mentioned where you're from. So how does where you're, you're from really inform like who you are and kind of you bringing 
that space with you here in D.C., um, how do you feel that's kind of shaped your experience here? Or do you feel like it's shaped it? Yeah, definitely. I feel like it has shaped, I guess, my outlook in general on life because, um, like I said, that small community school, like I, I came from, that's like, I'm a product of it. Like I went there from preschool all the way until eighth grade and like, it's a very small school. The The curriculum probably is years behind and all that stuff. But, like, I'm, I still ended up out here. And that goes to show that, um, you know, there's opportunity out there for a lot of people um, to do great things. And I think, like, I'm very grateful that I'm able to come out here and experience even more and just broaden my knowledge for... Um, going forward for the future and then hopefully i can take this back to my community and you know have it benefit them um but i do hold like true to a lot of the values that i've been taught um like by my parents um grandparents and like the extended family i feel like family has been a big thing that it's very big in Navajo culture. Um, we come together for birthday parties. We come together for, uh, I think it's a traditional, like a first laugh party. So when a baby first la- first laughs, it's a celebration. And, you know, we come together for everything almost. And it's not just about coming together and sharing a meal, but it's about staying close and... Um, having that relationship and keeping it strong. And that's one of my, that's one thing that my grand grandfather said when he first, um, you know, he would instill that to everyone. And, um, he actually died of uh, lung cancer about 10 years ago, but that's something that he insisted that we'd carry on. Um, just the importance of family and that we all are here to look out for one another and, um, work for the benefit of not only ourselves but the community amazing i mean exactly but what what do you think made you stand out too from other applicants that applied for the program and like what are can you share um, some of the experiences back home that you feel like kind of helped you to come to your journey to D.C.? Um, I think I'd have to probably start with... Hmm. This is a tough, broad question, but I think... I think it would probably... I'd have to start with... um, I'm very involved politically. Um, Not not in in an actual, like you know, work involvement or anything like that. But I really engage with, you know, the ideas and uh, viewpoints um, from from everyone. I enjoy hearing all sides of, you know, an issue. And uh, I think coming here, you know, de- it, it definitely helps to be here and, and hear all these issues on, on certain topics and I, that's one thing I stress, like, when I applied to this program was that, like, you know, I've always been one to 
try to listen and hear other people's perspectives before making your own mind. Uh, I think it benefits not only in the political realm, but just, you know, in life in general, there's a lot of, you can kind of make your own way or you can like hear people out, people that you admire, people that you look up to and, and actually listen to them and hear what they have to say and then take that and I guess roll with it and learn something from other other people because a lot, I feel like a lot of times we think that we know it all and that we think that, oh yeah, I can like go my own way and, and that's true, you can, but I guess in a, in a Navajo cultural way, you know, the, the stories are there for a reason. Um, like I've been taught stories by my dad and um, I read the Bible often. You know, those are stories and those are things that you really take to heart and you base decisions off of that. So, yeah. This is a good segue to... Um what is your why and like your passions? I mean, you kind of touched upon some of those things, but um, can you share with us what is your why? Yeah, so um, my why for doing what I'm doing, I think, is just basically to provide a better life, not only for myself, but for, you know, future generations whether that means like through education through economic opportunities i mean the list can go on and on but i think like i always go back so actually my great grandfather uh he was a navajo code talker i don't know if you know what those are you don't know so they're they are code talkers that were um enlisted in the mil- in the marines back in like world war Two, and they were um enlisted to provide a code in navajo language to defeat like the axis and and um to win the war basically to put it simply and i always looked up to to the reason why they did that um i always bring up the topic that you know it's not it's very obvious that you know marginalized people like navajos and and other like native american groups and hawaiian groups are marginalized and there's a long history of that and it's pretty obvious but this generation that you know fought in that war was a direct oppressed generation with the whole boarding school era with the whole you know, forced relocation and stuff like that. But, you know, all those instances of oppression, they still turned around and fought for the country that they, that treated them this way. And when they did that, they came back and there was no celebration. There was no big thank you to them. There was nothing of that. There was nothing in that sort. Instead, they were kind of shoved to the side and, you know, kept quiet, um, and but he was very proud of what he did like he knew what he did his name was Gordon Sinajini and he actually would dress up in his in his marine suit um his uniform with all his medals he was a purple heart recipient and every veterans day he would uh dress up and you know with the whole suit and the medals and the hat and everything 
And he actually passed away Veterans Day morning all dressed up. And the whole family was there. But that's just some. He passed away when I was very small. But that's something that, you know, kind of stuck with me that how could these generations that have were directly oppressed um, still turn around and, you know, be very proud and vocal about what they did. And I'm not going to compare that to what I'm doing, but I just think that, you know, I could somehow play a part for the better betterment of um, Native youth, uh, which, you know, there's a brighter future, I think, that we can, we have a, we have a part to, um, I guess, move toward all of us. And I think, like, this whole program is an example, so... So, like, really touching upon responsibility and going back to that is kind of your why about why you're here and your passions and everything. That's great. Um, Can you share a little bit on maybe, like, your what you're involved in at home, too? So, I know that in previous conversations that I've had with you, you've been involved in like community service. And like you said, you worked in the government a little bit. Can you share about some of the initiatives maybe that you've been involved with that kind of, you know, helped you to have this even broader comprehend, like, like you on the world. Yeah. Yeah, So I, um, I originally was wanting to be a nurse. Um, I probably still do eventually, (laughs) But I, I was working in the uh, in healthcare field, and um, I uh, yeah I was doing that for a couple of years, and I actually had an opportunity to work with the local city mayor. Um, she needed a, a uh, in, it's in Flagstaff, Arizona, a city where I live in right now, and she um, basically needed a liaison to work with her office representing the city of Flagstaff um, to coordinate with the Arizona Attorney General's office. Um, It was an initiative to prevent opioid abuse, which is growing um, still to this day. But um, I guess what this initiative, it's a faith-based initiative. Um, It was basically to get all the community churches, no matter what denomination, Christian, Muslim, uh, Jewish, just the whole faith-based community in general to try to get them on board to open their doors to preventing, I guess, opioid abuse through trainings um, and distributing Narcan so that essentially become safe houses for people that, you know, overdose or... um, just need a place to go to because it, it abuse is very like i mean it, it's so sudden um not abuse sorry um overdose is so sudden like you know i guess the, the statistic is like in flagstaff there's like one police station and but there's like i don't know like 200 churches and if you think about if you could do use all those churches to help the community um I guess in in educating and it's a direct source like it's a direct line to the whole general population. 
So my work was basically just to get all these tr- churches on board and to try to get them to like host the training and distribute Narcan and like the signs and stuff about opioid prevention and how to how to do that um, throughout the community because like I guess the Arizona Attorney General's office noticed a big uptake uh, in you know drugs and opioids and things like that that are circling. So they needed help, and there was no other way to, you know, law enforcement has a big, I guess, task on their hand that they needed the general public's help. So that's where I started, and it was a pretty good experience. Like, I actually got to work. It didn't matter, like, what political party you were part of. It was more of everyone kind of teaming up to get something good done, and it was pretty awesome to be part of that. So... How many churches opted in to, like, help? And, like, what was the community's reaction and all that? Um, So there was, uh, like, coalitions that were made. So there was, like, you know, the Christian churches were kind of... Certain ones wanted to, like, form a group and... Excuse me. And and start one. And then, like, the Muslim community wanted to start one. So it was good to, like... They all were for it. It was something that everyone agreed to unanimously. Um, but in a way, they kind of just wanted to, um, I guess, do it amongst the group that they were very comfortable with, which is reasonable, you know, like, um, but I mean, it was just really, it was a really cool experience. Um, I actually had to start a f- uh, Facebook page. It's called Strengthening flagstaff families against opioids and i like spearheaded that whole campaign and um it's still going today i try to like keep it updated um and it's it's pretty cool um so the mayor there her name is coral evans she um you know i was always honored to work with her she's actually trying to get that you know steamrolling and keep it going even when she leaves office because she's terming out this year but she's trying to keep that going to cuz it's something that's good and that's something that can it's like bipartisan or nonpartisan where everyone it's just it benefits everyone so it's not like a party line thing it, it's just something that benefits the whole community I love that that's like super grassroots and innovative i mean even though it didn't i mean you were working with the mayor and yeah. everything it's so like amazing to see communities and different groups come together for a common good um so yeah speaking about work too um what are you like i know a part of the native american political leadership program all of us have to do internships um so what is the internship you're currently at and how is your journey trying to get to it so right now I'm at um, National American Indian Housing Council. Uh, it's basically just a nonprofit advocacy group for tribal housing. Um, the Hawaiian Housing Authority is part of it. It's just members throughout the country that um, housing authorities, tribal housing authorities, that um, it's just a big membership that where we advocate for funding for tribal um, housing and veteran housing and, and just a bunch of things like that. Um, but getting there was, um, 
kind of difficult because I was one of the last ones to actually like score an internship because I was supposed to be on the Senate Affairs Committee, Senate, Senate Indian Affairs Committee, um, but that fell through and I was able to reach out to these people and they accepted me. And But I mean, it's it's been really cool. Like I've been actually um, able to help out with several conferences and, you know, talk to people on the hill and, and schedule meetings and attend HUD meetings on the hill. It's just pretty awesome. Oh, sorry. HUD is the um, Housing and Urban Development. So that's a government office. Um, that's what that stands for. And it's basically just the appropriation side where they um, have funding kind of set aside for housing and urban development. Um, and there's a part of that that is specifically for tribal usage and low-income housing for tribes. So that's basically what we do is we try to, you know, get as much funding as we can for all the housing authorities across the country. You know, there's Navajo, Cheyenne, there's the Hawaiian uh, Housing Authority, and um, and they actually all came out last week um, and met with their um, officials. So we helped, like, schedule meetings on the Hill so, like, they can talk to the senators and um, Congress people. So, I mean, it's pretty cool experience so far. Um, I love it. And can you share with us maybe some, like, events and things that's been going on with the Native American Political Leadership Program and how you've, I don't know, adjusted or how what have you kind of taken away from these experiences that the program has provided? The events that we have, so we have events every Friday, and every Friday we go to different locations, kind of like a networking event or like an educational event. Um, like last week, last Friday, we went to Politico. We met David Lipman, who was like a White House correspondent for Politico. And he had interesting stories about uh, interviewing uh, President Trump at the White House and like uh, just his life as a reporter. Um, and then we met um, uh, Raina Thiel, who is a consultant, um, like a Democratic strategist consultant that um, works on a lot of tribal issues. She worked in the Obama administration, um, coordinating, like, the tribal issues that, um, I guess, Obama really stressed during his uh, last few years in the presidency. Yeah, it's been really, it's been really cool. There's a, um, we're actually going to meet Deb Holland in the future, I think, in, like, two weeks. So, it's, um, Deb Holland's the uh, first Native American congresswoman, um, that's ever been elected to the Congress and we're actually going to go meet her, I think, um, on the Hill. So it's pretty, pretty exciting. Is there anything else that you want to share about this experience here or about your life or the connections that you've brought with you to DC? Um, yeah, so this, this whole experience has just been amazing. Like it, it really opened my eyes to a lot of, you know, different perspectives and ideas. And like I said earlier, like I'm one to that really enjoys hearing what other people have to say and why they feel so passionate about what they have to say. And I think that's an important trait, like as you grow older, and especially if you're wanting to be in politics, you have to be able to, I guess, you know, check your own emotions and be willing to understand and try to 
you know, um, listen to other perspectives without taking everything so personally. And I think that's something that I have been, you know, pretty fortunate enough to be able to practice. Um, it's not easy. Like, uh, of course, I have my own personal opinions, personal beliefs, but I mean, I I try not to let that get in the way of relationships and people that you meet because everyone has their own set of beliefs. You're not going to persuade everyone to think like you, but you could still cherish the relationships and learn something from them. Um, I think that's something that's pretty important no matter what field you go into. I guess one of the big things is just stay true to who you are. Um, You don't need to conform to anybody else. Um, It's easy, especially here in D.C., to kind of get caught up in the whole group and class systems that are here and they're already structured so there's there's no way you can change it but if you just kind of stay true to who you are um, you'd be able to navigate through all of it and still be true to yourself so so is there any experiences here that you really want to experience while you're here that you're kind of manifesting or looking forward to um, while being in D.C., like meeting certain people or going to a certain place that um, you wouldn't have been able to if you didn't live here? Certainly, I think one of the big ones is I think just even being on the hill, like I've always wanted to experience, you know, going to these Congress people's office and seeing where they live. And it's like, oh, like, are they just like us? And And they are really just like us. Like you see them like having lunch at a table and you can they're approachable like you can go up to them and have a conversation i guess it's just you get used to seeing them on tv and you kind of make up your own mind about them like oh that's a bad person or no she doesn't have the right things that like i don't think she has the right answers but like when you actually get to meet some of them and you talk to them like they're actually real people and they have real reasons and beliefs to why they think the way they do um and that that's just not for Congress people. That's for people that everyone like, um, like I always had high, high, um, regard for a lot of people here in DC because you know, the city is full of professionals and like you kind of get, um, easily intimidated. It can be very easily intimidating because these people are very prominent in their fields. And you think like, Oh, like I'm just, I'm just an intern. Like, what do I have to say to contribute to anything? But that's not the case. Like, they're actually willing to listen and hear what you have to say because you're you're an outsider looking into a system that probably needs reforming or something like that. So it's pretty interesting. Um, I did meet like my Navajo officials. They they came here into D.C. and I was able to talk to some of them and and kind of ponder some questions about like tribal housing like one of the big things that i was talking about was why does navajo not do like apartment complexes like basic ideas like that and some of them probably didn't like what i had to say but i was just like why not think about these things like we could like low-income housing is a big thing on navajo and it's like, why can't we have a com- apartment complex where you can have a one bedroom and make it like 300, 400 bucks a month? Like those are feasible, but I don't think they heard that before. I don't know. Some of them kind of were shut off about it, but some of them were really wanting to like discuss it. And 
you know, I was talking to the ED or the, you know, the board, the chairman of the housing authority, and I'm, I'm just an intern, and, like, we're having this discussion, and it was pretty interesting, and I guess it just kind of boosts your confidence, because you know you have, you, 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 you got their ear, and they're willing to listen, so, like, that in, in itself is, is pretty cool, um, yeah, so, I guess the last thing I would stress is that no matter what you have to share, don't be afraid to share it, like, you have something to offer. Mahalo. So, mahalo Nui for sharing your story with us here at Native Stories. Um, if you want to further connect with Native Stories, please do and follow us on Facebook. You can search Native Stories for daily updates on Native Kind Mea. Please download our mobile app and listen to us on all streaming podcast outlets. Just search Native Stories and make sure to share with um, your Ohana, Ho'opili lovers, Ho'ahanao, and whoever you like. Native Stories prides ourselves in being your resource, and the more you share, the more Ike Hawaii um, there is to know. So, just sending you all plenty aloha um, and mahalo for tuning in. Peace.